episode 105. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with Charity Hall back again. <laughs> you couldn't wait to say that. <laughs> Charity Hall back again. Thought y'all could get rid of me. No, not at all. <laughs> I had to force my way back. He tried to get rid of me. I didn't get try to get rid of you. <laughs> Charity Hall is back with me. We're Real Church Matters, but we talk Real Church Matters because Real, Real Church, Church Matters. Matters. How are you, Charity? You know, it has been some time since I've been on here, and I won't give too much. However, God is doing the work. Well, I didn't send you away because you was pregnant. <laughs> Down south with your grandmother. <laughs> so I don't understand what what you could be trying That's, to... I mean, it's a loaded question, how am I doing? Because it's been a while since I've been on here. But So you've been doing great. I wouldn't say that. But have you been listening to them since you haven't been on? Yes, I have. See, that's what I like. Supporters, even when they die. <laughs> See, See, I'm it's a supporter of the word. It's impossible for her to lie. <laughs> on Real Church Matters. It's impossible for me to lie, period. Amen, amen. I like the sound of that. So, like I said, how are you, Charity? I'm blessed. You're blessed? It's been since episode 98, since you've been on. So it's been about five episodes. Mm-hmm. Seven. Six. Six. Six episodes. Uh, that's a few weeks. How are you doing? How are you? Is life treating you? We're moving into the spring. Um, yeah. You know. It, the spring is not my season. It's not my time to glow. It's not my time to shine. However... <laughs> However, you know, I try to find things to appreciate in each season of life. So, amen. With that man. being said, we're gonna have to talk about seasons <laughs> one day. We are. Yes, we are. We are. Yes. So, with that being said, let's get to housekeeping so we get to the, the real stuff. Every time I get on here with you, Mama says I talk too much. Too no, much play, play. That's exactly what she said. Too yeah. much play, play. It's too much play. She's like, y'all got to get to the word. I get ain't, to the I, ain't, I didn't play this podcast to hear y'all banter. <laughs> Heard that all my life. <laughs> hear that every day. <laughs> hear that, all that games and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Real Church Matters, you can search us on SoundCloud or on iTunes. I'm still trying to get on Spotify. And I'm feeling those type of way. Like, it'd be people just saying, like, yeah, I got it on, on Spotify. I submitted it. And I guess because my podcast is called Real Church Matters, uh, it don't matter to Spotify. I will say that I have beefed up my um, podcast listening. listening. And it's not a lot of good ones out there. It's not. Not, 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 not ones that ones. stand out yeah. and actually have something insightful for me to mm-hmm. hear. So I think that this is definitely a very unique podcast that needs to be played. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Now I will let me say. This is why I cannot. Wait a minute. Let me say this. Say stuff like that. People. People can't. People don't. Their words don't validate me. (laughs) But I. I do. It is nice to be acknowledged and appreciated for your obedience. And that being said, please by all means spread the word about the real church matters. Listen, write reviews. I oh, I should pull out my phone. Someone wrote a cool review. I want to read the review. 
pause, please? No, we're not going to pause it. We just No, gonna... I'm not saying we pause it. I'm saying pause, please, because you're looking for the review. I know. I'm saying I'm not going <laughs> to pause it. Here we go. Uh, wait a minute. It's a new one. This is from my sister. <laughs> uh, Sandrina said, great word, great encouragement. To prepare you to read your word and live in the truth of God's word. I tell you, she need to be somebody's marketing team because <laughs> she gets it. She gets the word out there. That's what I like to hear. Okay, forgiven child, whoever you are, said, blessed by your podcast. It makes me think about my faith, examine my motives, and challenge me to be full on in my faith and how I live it out. God bless you guys. Amen. That was April 9th. Shout outs to the, those reviews. That's what it's all about, man. So whoever forgiven child is, I'm thankful you're forgiven. And I appreciate your kind words. I just think about all the things that go viral and all the things that spread. Mm-hmm. And we definitely want to spread. This is the main reason why the podcast is in, even in existence. is because you want to spread what is good and what is real as it pertains to Christ. So, um, yeah, spread it. Spread it out there. Help us. If you got questions, ask me at Real Church Matters. If you're interested in being on the podcast, I'm starting to take people who are interested and I'll... I'll... Yeah, because he wants to replace me. (laughs) So, with that being said... I want to keep a diverse set of people. (laughs) <laughs> my mission is still to get my uh, Faja on here. I know he's listening. <laughs> I love you, Faja. We love you, Daddy. <laughs> You're going to get on here. <laughs> and uh, just to get, you know, people who are interested in having a conversation, it's it's great to just talk about the word in a real way. I think that these type of engagements makes my relationship with God uh, that much more great and it makes me feel like I'm a part of a body that's bigger than my church. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love all of that. All that. So yeah, housekeeping went long, but this is charity. So <laughs> you know, things <laughs> tend to get a little crazy, but let's jump into it. Obedience over audience. As we said, that means even when charity's giving me nice compliments, it's still obedience over audience. Please understand that this very rarely happens, so that's why he keeps on going back to it because he thinks that I'm his nemesis. Yeah, I, I do think that Charity is the eternal skeptic, <laughs> and that she. <laughs> we can talk about that in another podcast, but t- today we talk about God at work, mm-hmm. and so I've been reading, studying about this, um, and I just want to encourage you guys. Because I think that we miss an important thing in this particular verse. And so in Philippians 1 and 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So Mm. when I sit and I read that scripture, it jumped out at me some important truths about this scripture. Number one, that this is something we should be confident about. Mm-hmm. So understanding that I should have a confidence in what God is doing in me, that means I might need to be confident in the faith of knowing he's doing a good work, even when I don't feel like things are good in me. I was about to say, I, 
to be confident in something that is all about perspective. Because I don't know what is good to God as it pertains to worldly good. Because I only know what he says is eternal good. Yes. Or spiritual good. So let's go ahead and jump there. Let's let's strip all of that those words out of that scripture and just focus on those two words. Good work. Mm-hmm. So when we say that he has begun a good work in us, a lot of people don't know what the good work is. Mm-hmm. So talk about it. What, what do you think the good work is? Ultimately, the good work is us um, fulfilling our purpose and being here, which is spreading the word of God mm. and spreading reconciliation after we have been reconciled with Christ. Look at that. And we got scriptures to tie with it. John 6 and 29 said, Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God. Because he don't want to leave nothing to mm-hmm. our imagination. <laughs> he said, all right, all right, all right. I hear you, Charity. This is the work of God that ye believe on him who he hath sent. Mm-hmm. So our faith is something God is working in us. Mm-hmm. Another scripture. Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God which worketh in you. What is he working us to do? Two things. That which is good. To will oh. and to do of his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. He is working in us a desire and the power to do his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. So the good work is really his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. So the good work that he's doing in me is anything that makes him pleased. That doesn't mean I'll be pleased with his good work. No. Because <laughs> it, it really does take us out of the process Even though he is working it in us And using us It's beyond it removes, us Yes, yeah. it, it, it's beyond us And the fact that Another thing is I think part of the good that we can measure Is the fruits of the spirit What we yield When he He starts to do that that good work. I like that because when we think about fruit, we're thinking about something we partake in, but we re- don't realize the fruits of the Spirit are the, literally the offerings we give to God. Give to God. Mm-hmm. They, they, this is not the fruit you enjoy. Mm-mm. Trust me, long-suffering don't taste like pineapples. No. It's not as enjoyable. I can eat pineapple all day, but when somebody tells me to eat the bitter taste of long-suffering, it don't. It's not enjoyable. No. But to God, it's like pineapples. Mm-hmm. It's it's the, all of those things that we don't even realize that God is working in us. Even when we're going through bad situations, what is He working in us? Long suffering, mm-hmm. patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, love. All of these things are being worked in me. And so we look at the scripture and say, yes, the good work that he's doing, that God is not your financial planner. So he's not working on your taxes. (laughs) That's not the good work he's doing. Mm -mm. He's not your occupational therapist. So he's not working on the best job or career path for you. Or even your, your doctor. He's not your doctor. A lot of people who say, you know, Jesus, my doctor. He's a doctor. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. (laughs) We love for him to be all the things. And God is like, I'm not working on pro bono cases. I'm not doing that. I'm not a litigator. I am your God. And I'm working out 
things in you that are for my pleasure and not yours. That goes back to the above and below. Mm. Like, we see things from our point of view, from below. But God sees things from above. And how is he going to bring those things from above to work on earth if we don't even want those things? <laughs> see, yeah. That's the, that's the problem. Like, you know, he's thinking about the heavenly things. Yes. And we're we're talking about we want him to be our doctor and heal us on earth. And he's he said, not by, worried about that. He, literally, the scripture says, by his stripes, you are healed. He was talking about he took your he took your stripes. He endured stripes for your healing in the form of salvation. Mm hmm. So when we talk about a good work, we're talking about a God work. We're talking about a spirit work. We're talking about a heavenly work. So <laughs> literally, he is working out heaven in you. Yeah. And we aren't embracing the good work of God because we are quick to say, and this is where this all came from, is because I keep hearing people talk about God's not working. Or I, I cried out to God and he's not doing nothing. Or I prayed and it's not working. Or I fasted and it's not working. The, the, we're losing the point of what God's doing. We're looking for him to work in a way he's never working. He's not working that way. You keep looking for him to provide you with things that he's not providing you with. He already gave you the ability to provide those things to you and your family. Even when... He was concerned about us and sent Jesus. Jesus came and then said, I'm not worried about, even as a young child, when yeah. he was found in the temple preaching, he said, I'm not worried about them. They can find me in my father's house. Yeah. And right after that passage of scripture, it says, and this child grew in faith and in spirit. Why? Because somebody was working in him. Mm -hmm. And when God is working in me, the things that I want ain't working out. Mm -hmm. But we got to realize it's not about what I want working out. It's about what God wants working out by him working in me. And that should give you confidence. That's what Paul was trying to say. He was like, man, I don't boast in nothing else. Mm -hmm. That's what he said in these previous scriptures from Philippians 1, 1 through 5. He's saying all the things he don't boast in no more. But flip that and take out, because I'm thinking about myself and the many issues that I have here on earth <laughs> and God working a work in me. If I didn't have those issues and... I was a, a billionaire and, you know, I was able to do the things that, you know, we we consider the the good life would or, you, the, would, or what is good. Those people still have the same struggle as far as then now. What is do? I, how do I see the good without seeing my earthly good? Exactly. So how. How do I see the good work if I think the good work is the good life? Exactly. How, how do I see that? Well, you got to realize a lot of the things that we're going through are the tools in which God uses when he's at work. It's like when you, somebody can complain about potholes 
And then all of a sudden, the the, the city comes out to fix the potholes, but it's a traffic jam. <laughs> well, you said you wanted potholes fixed. Yeah, but they closed two lanes. They got to close two lanes so they can fix the potholes. Mm-hmm. You said, Lord, my mind is all messed up. My life is all a mess. Lord, fix me. And all of a sudden, you see all this noise he making, and you're like, I can't rest. Mm-hmm. You're making all this noise, God. I don't want you to work at this time. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to work in this way. You don't get to say how God works. You said you want love. These situations have been presented in your life to work love out in you. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, God don't use no regular tools. He used power tools. <laughs> <laughs> The situations we facing in our mm-hmm. lives, they are heavy duty power tools. We be wanting God to use gentle stuff, but in order for Him to do the work, they really, like Charity says so eloquently, presents us with heaven on earth by producing heaven in us. That's that's powerful. But in order for you to break the laws of nature like that, you need mm-hmm. some power tools. Yeah. I'm not going to learn the things I learned about God and learn the things of God living the good life. (laughs) That's what everybody's pursuing. But like you say, if you had that money, if you had that house, if you had that that marriage that was just based off lust and it was the thrill was constantly there every day and your (laughs) husband was constantly just desiring you. He never, his eyes never deviated (laughs) any other way. And every time you looked at his phone, all you saw was prayers and and scriptures notes. And it wasn't no text to any of his old friends. What you doing? I miss you. You didn't see no pictures that was crazy. You didn't see no videos that was crazy. You just had this man and every relationship was just perfect. When you went to work, your boss loved you. Your coworkers loved you. Man, even your cats and dogs love you. Even the neighbor's cat and dog love you. You wouldn't learn anything. We just wouldn't. And you would put confidence in all those things. Mm-hmm. But now, since Paul had to go through, all of that work produces a confidence in God and what he's doing in us. I've gone through a hell of a life so that I can have a heaven in me. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for anybody else. And everybody be like, well, everybody's... Everybody's life is different, but all of us feel like we had to experience hell. Even people with money. I mean, Robin Williams is, was famous. He was the, the original genie. <laughs> he was a, a comedian. Mm-hmm. He was beloved. He had money. And he still killed himself. Why? Because all of that doesn't deal with the issue of a heart and a mind that would love to have heaven on earth. And can't. If he doesn't understand how to let God work in him. And that's that's the unfortunate thing about this. So I, I love the fact of everything that charity that you that you've been sharing. Like just I want to make sure people understand it's this confidence in God's work that we have to have. Because a lot of you are looking at your situations and you see they're not working out. But you got to understand, what do you mean by not working out? What do you want to happen? Mm-hmm. I had to ask myself that question. A lot of times you get upset at people and how they move, or situations and how they're, they're shaking down, and you're not realizing 
that what you want is of no concern to God. And he's using these situations to produce something in you. And you have to embrace that because you have confidence in it. Or we try to find reasoning behind what happened as if we have the same mind as God when we would never be able to know the reasoning behind what he does. Mm. We, we, we don't see the full spectrum. Mm. He's omnipotent. So we, we can't be there. But we often try to reason behind it. Like, we didn't know, well, Job didn't know why things were happening to him. No. He didn't know, like, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, God God is actually pleased with me. So he's... Chapter on chapter, Charity, of him and his homies sitting and trying to reason why this is happening. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about people who know him saying... Bro, I know you a good guy, but I'm going to tell you, you had to do something. <laughs> so come on and fess up to us. <laughs> or somebody connected somebody to you. Somebody connected to you. You know, <laughs> your, your children don't serve God like you. This is all these, this conjecture is going on. And how did God end the whole thing? He said, do you not know who I am? Mm-hmm. If you know who I am, why do you care why I'm doing it? It doesn't matter what I'm doing if you know who I am. And that's what we're trying to, this scripture is letting you know. He knows who God is. And he's letting you know, I don't care what God is doing. It's a good work. That's why he replaced whatever that was at first. <laughs> Instead of good work, he could have had anything there. Yeah, He could have been like, I know the, the boils on my body. Is a good work. Is a good work. And that's tough to say. It's tough to say. Charity, man. I know the death that my family face or the poverty or the the circumstances, the fact that we're even black. Do y'all know that's even a, that alone is a a struggle. Just the fact that your color is the way it is. Absolutely. Just the fact of where you was born. Somebody, ain't nobody asked to be born in Southeast D.C. Mm -hmm. Nobody asked to be born in uh, Crenshaw or whatever the bad area is, or Gary, Indiana, or Philly. Nobody asked to be Baltimore, born. Maryland. Baltimore. I mean, they get such a bad rap already. You know? I know. But, you know, we are from I'm, there. I'm a proud Baltimorean. Oh, yeah, amen. amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the reality is, nobody, we didn't ask to be born in Baltimore. We didn't ask to. I didn't ask to be born into a family of seven kids. Were we up there, you know, fighting over the last hot dog? (laughs) (laughs) Drinking Kool-Aid with cornflakes in it, floating at the top. (laughs) (laughs) You going to explain it? No. I think those that know, know what that's all about. I'm not going to explain it. The hood life. (laughs) The hood life. The reality is that you didn't... the, all of that stuff is to God's good pleasure. He's doing it to get something out of us. It's a perfect example. Somebody has been studying David and Saul, and they've been enjoying like just sharing it with me. And I, mm-hmm. one of the things that I noticed about that whole situation is God could have easily just said, David, you king now. Mm-hmm. But instead, he put David in the life of the current king, and the current king resented him, yep. knowing that he would be king. Why put this young man through all of this? 
because it produced a good work in him that made him a better king. Yeah, because eventually he's going to be that king with somebody else coming behind him. Somebody coming behind him who actually, he turned the kingdom over to his son. But even then, he was able to share wisdom with his son and challenge his son, even in his mess ups. He was able to make sure his son did the things he needed to do and deposited enough wisdom in him that he learned through pain that Solomon never had to learn those things that way. Right. The, the reality is that God is working. He's doing a work. We can read the story of David and Bathsheba and think, this is just a horny guy. But at the end of the day, all of that stuff was orchestrated to produce a greater work in David. And look at the greater work it produced. You read Psalms 51 and he says some things that, I mean, people that ain't even Christians quote. Like, <laughs> Don't take your spirit from me, creating me a clean heart, mm-hmm. renewing me a right spirit. In thee and thee only have I sinned. That's, that's four scriptures right there out, out of one chapter. These are beautiful things that have stood the test of time. That beauty of that word came through the hardest parts of David's life. Mm-hmm. And we don't like that. We don't like to have to struggle and feel like God's not working because he's not answering your prayer. He's doing you one better. He's answering his prayer. When the scripture says that Jesus is on the right hand of the Father, interceding on whose behalf? Ours. Because he knows we don't we don't know how to pray. Right. We pray. <laughs> we know. <laughs> the things that we pray about, man, that could be like a whole podcast. The things we pray about. And think about the things that God is praying I, on you your know, behalf. I definitely have been there. There has always been questions in my mind about prayer and people speaking and preaching on prayer. So we'll we'll put a pin in that mm-hmm. because a lot of people start to say, oh, you need to be descriptive in your prayer. You need to let God know what's on your heart. And I'm like, that's, that's not really what prayer is about. Nah. Prayer is about exalting God. Prayer is about exalting him, acknowledging him. Mm -hmm. We hear that in the scripture. It says, acknowledge him in all your ways. That means be prayerful. Mm -hmm. That means be prayerful and meditative about the things of God, setting your affections on high. Because you're saying above all else. Above all else. How can you keep God at the front of your mind if you keep prayer at the back of your mind? It doesn't work like that. You have to be prayerful. The fact is some of y'all, the only engagements you have with God is grace. Mm. So only the only thing you do is break bread. That's a word. But where that's not breaking bread with Jesus at the Last Supper. That's gone. Our idea of breaking bread with Jesus now is to commune with Him at all times. That's what He mean when He say pray without ceasing. He's not talking about be on your knees all day. He's not talking about being in your war room all day. <laughs> He's talking about wherever you are, you are constantly in a meditative state. A lot of people think. You talk about meditation and being in a meditative state, they feel that they're so removed from it. Like it's trans, uh, transcendental or whatever, meta, that it's this metaphysical thing when you literally are meditating all the time, every day. The question not is, are you meditating? Is what you're meditating on. I think it's more so transitioning prayer from something that you do to a state of being. Yeah. 
It has to be a state of being. If you meditate on something day and night, you're praying. You're never with without it. You're never without. We it. only have day and night. That's why he said you can't <laughs> serve two masters. Mm-hmm. Because the guys, y'all be like, I how, I can't. I don't know how to pray to God. But you praying to a God. Mm-hmm. You're praying to a God when you're constantly inundated with lustful thoughts and you embrace them and you're meditating on them and you're allowing those engagements with those thoughts to produce fruit. Like you're thinking of new ways to do things. You're thinking of things to do them, who to do them with. You're bringing this fulfillment together to the point where we call it vibes. (laughs) We say, I picked up that vibe that she wanted me. Literally, her spirit was crying out. Yeah. We're literally dealing in a metaphysical place. In a spiritual place. And that's another thing because I think when you become a Christian or a follower of Christ, you start to condemn all the things that people find commonality in, Mm. like vibes and all of those things that we've been talking about. But it is very much real. It's just they they misunderstand it. Misunderstand it. Operate. There it, are spiritual misfocus. things yes. that are very much prevalent, but they don't know what it is at work. This is the part that, that, that is going to trip people out. We're all spiritual beings, guys. Yes, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of whether you whether you acknowledge the spirit as Jesus or your father Satan. It's still spiritual. That's what the the lunatic that was inundated with spirits. Jesus said, who are you? He said, legion. <laughs> that sounded like a spiritual person to me. He had a lot of spirits in him. They and said, we here. We here, my guy. <laughs> we here. It, it's not, people look at him and be like, you either believe in God and you're spiritual. People even say it. They be like, I'm a real spiritual person. We all are. When you die, your spirit goes to an eternity. Mm-hmm. Where is up for debate? We don't know it, but you're still a spiritual being. Mm-hmm. And we're engaging in the spirit in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get those things of lunatics and maniacs mm-hmm. and people who are clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. This, not all of that stuff is fake, guys. Tell me, I, you know, I'm just on a high frequency or spiritually um, intuitive or yeah. spiritually sensitive. Like, you're all spiritual and you're in tune with spirits that are dangerous to your eternal lives. And we got to talk about that. Yes, that's <laughs> but a, that is some stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't get it. That's why even in the Bible. And I noticed that Christians don't even want to address it. Absolutely. They, they just they look don't... at it as, uh, no, there's only one true spirit and, and that person's over there faking. Even at church where you see there's a person speaking in tongues. And nobody's interpreting it. And we like, oh, she was faking tongues. Not everybody's faking this stuff. Mm-mm. And the problem is they're delving into spirits that are interested in mocking God mm-hmm. because we're dealing in that. That's what this guy was doing. There was one uh, woman who was following Paul around and kept saying she knew who he was, how she even knew him. She didn't know him. <laughs> but she kept telling him, you're a minister. Or you're a minister to the point where he turned and said, What's wrong with you? And cast the demon out of her. Mm -hmm. But the demon that was in her was making her clairvoyant. Mm -hmm. She was able to tell people things about themselves. Mm -hmm. Not because she knew them, but because the spirit within her knew it. 
And that's some, yeah. But there's some bad works happening, working in people. And I think it is something that definitely needs to be an in-depth podcast about because... Absolutely. A a lot of churches, they speak against it and dismiss it as something that isn't real. Can't play with it like it's not real because it's real. And if you don't acknowledge it as real, then you only believe in half the Bible. Exactly. And that's very dangerous. It's dangerous. And this is how the disciples could believe in Jesus but couldn't cast out the demons they were commanded to cast out. Now, what type of people believe in Jesus and believe they walk with Jesus, walk with Jesus, <laughs> but don't believe they possess the power to cast out the demons Jesus was called to cast out? Mm-hmm. That's the Christian. The Christian believes in Jesus, believes that he's working on their behalf. Have Jesus in them. Have Jesus in them. <laughs> but when they are confronted with someone who has another spirit, not like Jesus in them, they can't call to a, that spirit to attention like Jesus did. Many times he looked at them and said, "Ye of little faith." faith. Mm-hmm. Remember, guys, mm. he before wow. before Mary Magdalene ever even walked with Jesus, he cast seven demons out of her. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we we not talking. We this is not real. He cast seven demons out of her. Remember, guys, before Jesus ever had met the woman at the well, he was able to tell her that she had seven husbands. Mm-hmm. How was he able to do that? Oh, because he missed Cleo? No, Mm-mm. because he's tapped into the spirit realm, but he's using it for the the glory of God and not of himself. Yeah. And there were people who could do certain things, like the magician who went to Paul and Barnabas and said, how much for the Holy Spirit? <laughs> how much for that doggy in the window? And Paul actually cursed him. It's actually a literal cuss word. He cursed him. <laughs> and that's why some people believe you can cuss because based on the Greek and the Hebrew, Paul actually said the D word to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but but he cursed him. He said, your money can't buy this. And I hope that you uh, are, are sent to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is, is this guy had a limitation to what he could do. Mm-hmm. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is like none other. And if you can't believe in the power of the enemy, you sure enough ain't gonna believe in the power of God in which to subdue said enemy. Because again, if if you aren't tapped into the ultimate source, then it is a faux source. So and real, which is real in the which, way where it exists but not real in a way where it is not the authentic spirit of God. Just like Lucifer used the Bible, the the actual words of God, and twisted them. Yeah. For his own purpose. Yes. The same way he will have you thinking that you are working in the spirit and is not the spirit. And people don't realize there's a duality here. So if there's a good work, there's a bad work. Mm Mm-hmm. If there's fruits of the spirit, then you got to understand there's crab apples of the spirit too. <laughs> it's not all good. It's not all good. That's why in Galatians 5.22, when he said the fruits of the spirit, he went on to say the fruits of the flesh too. Yeah, he did. He's a lying, malice, uh, unnatural affection. He went through all of this stuff, which works in people and produces a Jealousy. Fruit. Yes. 
and we not we're not looking at it the same way. The if we're not letting the good work work in us, what's working in us? What's working in us? And God is never going to work against Himself. So you're some people are asking God to do something that works against His pleasure. Yeah. Why would He work against His pleasure for yours? <laughs> That changed the way I prayed because I started realizing, like, why am I praying you need for to anything? Cross check what you want. Absolutely. Against God's good pleasure. God's good pleasure. And He told us His good pleasure. What did He say? He said, "Right there, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure." And then He told us what His pleasure is. John six twenty nine says, "This is the work of God that ye believe on Him." Who have sent you. And then in Hebrews 13, 21 says, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Yeah. Everything I pray should be that I might do his, his will. You praying for a million dollars or you paying, playing, praying for $900. Don't matter the amount. Why are you praying for it? Is it to do God's will? Mm-hmm. Think about it. There's people praying for a companion, a spouse, Right now, is it to do God's will? You are not praying for somebody so you could do God's will. You are praying so that you may impose your will on this poor person who not even knowing what you're ready to do. And when you find out, you're going to be curled up in a ball somewhere like, my God, how did I get here? And why is there an Uber outside waiting for me? <laughs> God is asking for us to complete a work in us to do his will, according to Hebrews 13, 21, working in you that which is well-pleasing in whose sight? His. This is the problem. Y'all think God not working because what he's doing and building in you is not pleasing to your sight. Mm -hmm. But it's pleasing to his. Sometimes I turn around and be like, God, I did everything in my power not to be a Christian. Now I'm standing up here teaching. I didn't ask for this. And he's looking like, but it's pleasing to my sight, but I hate every bit of it. You said I did everything not to be a Christian. I did everything, Charity. <laughs> There's sometimes I was like, I'm going to say the nastiest, meanest things to my mother because it'll hurt her feelings and she'll shut up. I would do things to try to get her to stop talking to me. Stop telling me things about God. I don't want to hear it. You're trying to brainwash me. It seemed like the meaner I got, the more she laughed at me. I remember one time she laughed in my face. It was so hard, like I could feel the hotness from her breath. She was like, You thought something was wrong with her? I really thought she was Susan. She said, Ha, 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 Satan. I ain't scared of you. And I'm standing there. We like two inches from each other. This lady is crazy. This lady's crazy, and I'm not crazier than that. I think even the devil was like, Dog, you on your own. I can imagine. I think even the Because mommy don't even laugh like that. No, she don't even laugh. I mean, it was a guttural laugh. She was like, <laughs> Satan, I'm not scared of you. And he left me hanging. <laughs> and I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, mommy. But, you know, pride don't, I just stomped away. But the reality is, is that God is doing something in us that is well-pleasing in his sight. And I have to have the confidence to know, even when my life is not well-pleasing to me, that it is well-pleasing to him. And I can only trust in that when I'm operating 
in his word and obedience and letting that word work out in me, even in tough situations. Hebrews 13, 21 continues to say, through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. There's even Romans eleven thirty six, who I've read the scripture a billion times. I don't know how we could read certain scriptures like this and still come to our own understanding of what God intends for us or listen to preachers who make it like God intended for you to relocate to L.A. and get an acting career because he put you on earth for that purpose. That is not your calling. Being an actor or actress is your vocation. It is not your anointing. I got to get people to stop talking and using those words in that way. They keep saying you was anointed to dance. No, you were anointed to please God. Mm -hmm. You were anointed to do his will. You were not anointed to be the finance person at your church. You weren't anointed to teach the youth at your church. You were anointed to please God. How do I know this? Romans 11.36 says, For of him and through him, and to him are all things. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's 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 go down the checklist. Am I of him? Hmm. <laughs> Am I through him? Is everything I'm doing through him? A lot of us are doing things, but it's not through God. That means it's not empowered by him. Just because you say I can do all things through Christ, you need to ask him what those things should be. Because some of the things you're doing... That's probably like the most used scripture, period. I know it's the most tattooed one. <laughs> I'm talking about the worst looking tattoos, too. Like, y'all couldn't even get people to use, like, gothic font or something. Like, they wrote it like uh, like they was in first grade. I could do all f- things through Christ. No times, new room. No, no. We need to... You, the scripture got to look a certain way. <laughs> You can't use comic sans on the scriptures. Come on, guys. For of him and through him and to him. Doesn't it, it, It's nice if it's from God or of him. And it's nice if it's through him, but it needs to be to him. That means the intention, the purpose, the destination of everything I do needs to be for him. And if that's not the case, then I'm not operating in a, in a way where I'm concerned about the good work in me. I'm concerned about God's work for me and he don't work for us. God is not a contractor. He is not a mercenary for hire. He (laughs) is a God to be obeyed for his glory. That's why in the rest of that scripture, there's a colon and it says, to whom be glory forever. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. That was that was a crazy ending. <laughs> yeah, like he thought about it. He was like, "What? Basically, what I'm telling y'all is what worship is. How y'all gonna do one I'm half of that scripture? Start using that. <laughs> what the, the last second? Yes. <laughs> just after when you say something deep or something. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Just, just <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so the, what's the other thing I wanted to share before we roll out of here? Like that which he hath begun. I want to make sure that you guys understand it. God started this. He didn't need your help. I want to just talk to these, those Christians who were like me at one time, and you feel very elevated in your Christian walk. <laughs> <laughs> you you feel elevated. You feel like you're floating, and you think that it's your job to do the work of God in your life. 
You can't demand even what God is blessing and doing in your life. Even if it's for God, it's not for you to meddle in. It's just not. So I can think to myself like, man, um, I really want to I want to say this to this person, do this to this person, or I feel like I should be at this place in my life. You need to just let God work because you didn't have no intention on being what you are right now. God had to put me in my place. You can't walk around acting like you ever wanted this. That's why I rehearse the truth that I had no intention or desire to be a Christian. I'm glad you said that because oftentimes when I heard the scripture, that's the first thing that popped in my head was, okay, after I receive Christ and acknowledge him as my savior, then regardless of what I do, He's going to complete the work until I die. And and that was crazy to me. <laughs> like, so you mean to tell me, regardless of whether I want you to stay there in my life. I'm there. <laughs> you there. He's there. <laughs> and his work is not you not sinning. Oh, no. That's what people keep thinking. Mm-hmm. They're like, God, is, God don't, you got to pray for me. God, keep working on me. No. no, no, no. We already established in the no. beginning what his-, his first work was to save you and redeem your life. Mm-hmm. He said that repentance has to have fruit. Mm-hmm. Fruit meat for repentance. Those of you who still struggle in sinning, you need to let God do the first work. But that's not the work. Mm-hmm. And I think people miss that. So they're doing things and saying, God's still working on me. No, you need to let him do the first work. The first work that causes you to turn away from things out of true repentance. Mm-hmm. That's the first work. And then the additional works where it says faith begat virtue and virtue begat mm-hmm. all of those. That happens through this working that God is doing from, as for Hammond said, glory to glory. <laughs> To glory. That's revelation, the revelation, uh, growth to growth, building to building. I'm becoming a better Christian, but I'm not becoming a better Christian because I'm stopping sinning in other ways. No, what, what I'm no, saying I know, was, I know. I was, as far as like you get into something, then you realize, oh, I'm in too deep. Yeah. And, and you start to get scared and start trying to handle it yourself. Yeah. And then you're like, Okay, so regardless of whether I feel like I'm in too deep or not, you're still going to keep on. And this is the cooler part, because that is the main crux of the scripture, Mm -hmm. is what you're saying, which is, I could never have wanted to be a Christian, and now that I am one, now I'm going to start acting like I know what it is to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to start acting like I know what it is to serve God and obey God. No, I'm still that lost person. Like, I don't know what's happening to me. And I need to continue to let this mysterious thing continue to change me in the way it did. We didn't ask for this life. Mm-mm. Something's working. <laughs> Something's happening. Something happened. What's that song say? She said, a change has come over me. It, it's, it's, you didn't even try to use your singer voice. No, I, I was <laughs> literally hearing Tremaine Hawkins at that. And I was like, I can't emulate her. So I just. You didn't even go with the cadence. <sighs> what a wonderful 
That's it. That's headphone charity right there. There was a there was a commercial. There's a commercial where they, they they had this lady. She was singing her tail off, and then it flashed to reality of her in the supermarket where headphones are <laughs> sounding crazy. You thought of me. <laughs> I so thought of you because you be killing it, boy. But that's you. You summed up. If we was gonna close out anything, it would be the fact that we just need to continue to let God work and not take the reins. We don't need to say, "I got it from here, God." You need. To, you don't know what your next step is. I don't too much care for people trying to figure out what God is doing. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful. So mm-hmm. you just got to the point where you're reading your word, and now you're like, <laughs> "It's just. I, it's a logical step that I am a minister now. I need to minister. <laughs> I need to minister gospel." No, we don't know how this is happening. We don't know what is happening. We don't know how it, God lays it on your heart. But I do know that I have... Well, res- when people's, um, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. When people start talking about, yeah, I, I took a sabbatical and all of this stuff, I'm like, how? how what is happening? How? I, I want to figure that I out. Got tired of, I got tired of, uh, you know, working in the ministry, so I just took a sabbatical. No, what? <laughs> See, but but this is the cool thing. Just to free people up, you are not stepping out on God when you step out of sweeping the floors at the church. You're not stepping out on God when you step out of being an usher. You're stepping out of God when you stop being obedient. Now, if He never told you to be an usher, then you actually stop being an usher is you actually starting to obey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the reality. And if he never told you to or put on your heart to do these things outside of it, and nobody knows but you. This is that's the other thing. I gotta keep on telling people. Cause they try to they try to defend things to me as if Oh, well, when you said the only thing to separate a pastor is <laughs> all that's the only thing separated pastors is credit score boy. Like you gotta realize, like, at the end of the day, if you go to the bank and they don't give you a loan for the church so you don't open the church, is it really the call of God? If M&T, it holds the key to you having a church, is it really God? And you'd be like, what happened to the church, brother? You said that God called you. And you're like, yeah, man, I, you know, that, that loan wouldn't go through. I, I just, <laughs> I'm going to wait another five years until I get my credit up. My wife, you know, she's going to... Um, you know, she's going to build hers up, too. She says she'll stop buying. She'll tear up her Victoria's Secret card. And, and you know, we're going to try to get this credit up. Uh, That's not the call of God. I'm tired. If the loan <laughs> officer can call it. It's just not. I mean, if you really was called by God, you shouldn't need a building. If it's not in the cards, you should be in your house somewhere with having service. If that's what God calls you to, but I think we starting to expose <laughs> the truth of the matter, which is uh, church in today's modern society is an occupation. It is a career move. People go to college. They don't get, go into debt as, at Howard Seminary Theology Institute. Mm. They're not going $70,000 in the hole so they can work in the kingdom and say, Lord, Supply my needs. I'm just, I'm all about your souls. No. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. It's a career. 
And God bless those who are fully employed in this said career. But to be honest, most of the churches are at a crisis because of this reality that they, it's not able to sustain a career for many people. It's not. That's why the big churches that have a glut of money also have a line of about 50 ministers waiting for their turn to be full-time ministers. And there will still be dreams of having their own church or being a minister while they're still managers at Checkers. It's just the way it is. Not No shout-out to anybody that work at Checkers. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... <laughs> that it's hard for some people to feel like they called by God if they still got to lay hands on burgers. And the reality is that you're called by God because you're being obedient. And even if you flipping burgers, right. you're called by God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a whole... We are, we are talking about all types of stuff today. <laughs> we didn't went to talk about devils and burgers. <laughs> We didn't go on <laughs> everywhere. But to close it out, he says, this work that he's done in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And I think that a lot of people are missing uh, the the context of this because they don't know the word perform really is the Greek word that means perfect. Mm-hmm. Or to means perfect means to complete. And in some translations, it does say... Perfect. Some translations says complete too. Yeah. Because that is truly what he's saying is, is that I am not going to complete this work until Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. So what's the completion of the work? The completion of the work is that you are not just well pleasing to God on earth, but then he can then say well done Reckon to you yeah. in heaven. Mm-hmm. If he can't say well done, then that means you wasn't well-pleasing on earth, Mm -hmm. which means the good work wasn't completed. Mm -hmm. Some people, you're thinking of it wrong in the sense that we are thinking that I'm not perfect yet. But, and it's funny, whenever I, this is just me noticing something. Forgive me, folks. I'm not stepping on nobody's toes or nothing. But whenever I put a meme up about perfect and not being perfect, I get the most likes. Because everybody That's likes true. to say that they're not perfect. And everybody loves the idea of not owning or saying I'm perfect because they understand perfection as to be unflawed instead of perfect as to be complete or whole. And that's the way the Bible means. Mm-hmm. When he's saying perfect, that means that I am perfected when I let God be in my life. This imperfect person is imperfect because he's missing God. I am a whole being. I'm a whole being. God is not asking for you to be flawless. He's asking for you to be made whole. Mm-hmm. And when we understand perfection in that way, then we get the, the idea of the scripture. Because there's people who are still sinning saying, I don't know why to, I read the Bible and I, I've been trying to trust God, but it's not working. It's not working because you didn't have the first work done. And if you don't let the first work be done, there can't be this constant performing or perfecting or completing the holes that are in your life. Right. Because that's really the issue. All the deficiencies I had, mm-hmm. God is filling those holes. 
I think this scripture should be the campaign banner for Real Church Matters because what is it that we live our lives for if it isn't for God to reconcile us? Yes. With Christ. Yes. With, with Him. Yeah. Through Christ. And let's use that word reconcile the way accountants use it. Whenever there's an inconsistency, mm-hmm. there must be a reconcile. So both sides have to equal out. So what God is saying is, I gave you, you everything. You have right now. You have. And I'm trying to make you whole. I'm trying to make you whole. Because you. I see where the withdrawal was, mm-hmm. but I need to deposit. Right. And that's where we're at. We came in a deficit. He said we was born in shape to iniquity. You can't just have that deficit and be like, mm, I don't know why there's a negative there. We, what, we, what can we do to fill that? He said, I know what to do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that he would reconcile our debt to make us even, make us whole. He completed us. Mm-hmm. He healed us. Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh mm. and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What mm. is he saying? Completing holiness. That's God is lot. holy. Yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> I apologize for using that at, at 57 minutes because we about to end this out. But My bad, y'all. <laughs> I was talking a lot. No, no, no. It was good. It was good. And But perfecting holiness is truly just letting God complete. He's already holy without mm-hmm. you. But you're just letting God in your life so he can complete holiness in you. Because without God, I'm just full of holes. With him, I'm holy. That's the reality. Galatians 3, 2 through 3 says, This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the hope, the spirit of by works of the law or by hearing of faith? Are you foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Mm. He's saying you can't start this thing in the spirit and think you're going to finish it in the flesh. Mm. You can't. If you're going to start it in the spirit, it has to be finished in the spirit. You can't one day be real spiritual and say, God, take my life and you up at the altar praying. And now you're praying for money. Mm. You started this thing in the spirit. Now you're going to end it in the flesh. You started this thing at the altar asking God to remove lust from your heart. Now you praying for somebody, a companion in your life. Then you, you get what I'm saying? Like the things that we try to get delivered from, we also want God to deliver to us. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. First Peter 5 and 10 says, but the great the God of all grace who hath called us into his internal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. This is the scripture I was supposed to put with the part when we was talking about the good work and stuff. But he says, after you suffered a while, he will make you perfect, establish, or they just say establish. I always hate that because it, it <laughs> sounds so hood. Like, establish you. But he, perfect, <laughs> establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's mm. what he's trying to do. He's trying to make us whole, settle us, establish us, strengthen us, and settle us. That's what he's trying to do. And he said, you, you can't do that at, until after you suffered a while. Suffering comes mm. in different ways. But all that suffering that you complaining about is really God at work. That's episode 105, God at work. We could talk for hours about this stuff. So I'm trying to keep it 
to an hour now because I've been going to an hour 30, hour 15 and stuff. It's, it's too much. It's too much? You think it is? I think it is. But then again, we about to all watch I mean, Avengers exactly. for three hours. And then and- if, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it should be case by case. If it if it end at an hour, then that's fine. If yeah. we feel like we still have more to talk about, we should keep going. Keep going. Yeah, I don't feel like I got. <laughs> we 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 covered it all. I think we beat the mess out of this scripture. That's what I always say when I whenever I feel like I went to one scripture and I just went to like almost every word in it. But that's good. That's good. It, it breaks down the scripture. Breaks it down. Plain language. And so be on the lookout. You can go on uh, Instagram, Real Church Matters. Uh, the memes, the two-a-day memes, I do one at 9 o'clock and 5 p.m. every day. They will be about God at work until Sunday. Um, just a ton of different things that go in hand in hand with these. Some of you have already been reading them since Monday. But uh, yeah, I like the few. You like the few? Uh, see, yeah. Okay, no, man, no validation of man. Obedience over audience. Let me keep <laughs> focus. I gotta keep focus. But I think you'll enjoy them. Follow the page, like it, send it to your friends. It's it's easy encouragement. Y'all don't always need to have a word. Sometimes somebody else got a word, and you could just send it or put it in your stories. It's not that hard. So, that's episode 105, God at Work. I'm Forced Hall. Charity. I'm Boy. She's Girl. I haven't did that in a while. Even though people are over Bird Box. I mean, they turned on it so quick. Nah. People liked it, and then they don't like it no more. Not not the people I follow. Bird Box was still the movie of 2018. <laughs> it is. Until tomorrow. It's 2019. I'm going to tell y'all, now. there's only two end games I'm concerned about. <laughs> one of them happens tomorrow, the other one will happen in a blink of an eye. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh was real ugly. <laughs> I knew I was going to get you now. Episode 105. Real Church Matters, we gone. <laughs>